0: on SEN Track.
1: Welcome to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds. The first bet Sunday through Friday. grnz.co.nz And a top of the morning to you on this Sunday. Hopefully you're not too dreary-eyed after what has been a long week, not only in Australia, but in New Zealand as well, with perhaps lockdown fatigue. You're listening to another edition of Kiwi Chasing, all thanks to New Zealand Greyhounds, the first bet Sunday through Friday, grnz.co.nz. At this point in time, Damian Watson in the SEN studios, the SEN Track Studios in Melbourne, Australia, and I'm joined, as always, at this time of the week by our two key figures across the Tasman, Mark Rosinowski and Andy McCook. And despite the fact, Rosa, there's been no racing throughout the last week, that's not going to keep this program down.
2: (laughs) It won't, Damien. Good morning to you. Good morning to Andy. Bring you into the mo, Andy. But, uh, yes, we are in the same situation as we were seven days ago. Uh, We're in Level 4 lockdown here in New Zealand. That means uh, no racing. However, uh, there is a glimmer of light, certainly for those of us outside of Auckland, which appears as if it will be locked down for another couple of weeks with level 4 restrictions but for us outside of Auckland and that's uh, me down here in the uh, the central districts if you like I'm living in uh, Lower Hutt just north of Wellington, you can see the harbour here. Uh, from us this morning in Canterbury, uh, Canterbury man uh, Andy McCook uh, down there in the South Island, we will at this stage, all being well uh, being dropping back to level 3 effectively midnight Wednesday and that means we'll be able to race on Wednesday, and we have Fields already drawn 15 races for Wanganui that I'll be calling on the Wednesday, and uh, 12 races uh, out of Christchurch on Wednesday. And for all of the logistics, we'll catch up with Michael Daw from Greyhound Racing New Zealand not too long from now. Another couple of guests as well to come very shortly. But Andy McCook, as we say, a very good morning to you. Look, mate, where you live, Nobody lives around there anyway, so, like, fair dinkum, mate. you pretty much in the same situation as you always are.
3: Yeah, nothing's really changed from me where I am. Uh of uh, my closest neighbours about a kilometre down the road and there's only about four other houses on our road so things are just the norm for us out here at Hororata but uh, certainly no racing uh, is a little bit of a drama Roslo with the, the big team of dogs that we do have things are busy uh, as they always are but trying to keep a, a race team of uh, 40 or 50 dogs race for when we're back racing next week is a little bit of a mission when we haven't raced for two and a half weeks but it's kept us busy which is more than most people have going for them through
2: a lockdown, which is probably a good thing. Yeah, certainly don't mean to make light of that situation, Andy. It's very difficult for trainers with obviously still all of the outgoing costs, but none of the income with no racing until Thursday at least. And we certainly do feel very sorry for those people uh, training greyhounds in the Auckland region because uh, things are going to last a lot longer for you, Let's bring in uh, Brendan Cole, our first guest for the day, from the Lisa Cole Kennel multiple premiership winning trainers and finishing the last season with 854 wins and a record $2.6 million uh, in stakes. But or well, during these times of level four lockdown, Brendan, as we say a good morning to you, must be very difficult for you, for the family, with the large scale of the operation that you have, and no racing for uh, the next couple of days with uh, a couple of weeks already behind us.
4: Yeah, morning, guys. Um, yeah, most definitely. Uh, I don't think we've ever worked so hard um, as we're working dogs, um, teams of dogs every day at the moment, um, as we have as soon as we went into lockdown, just to make sure that their fitness levels were up. Um, with the unknown and the uncertainty of just when we the dogs to break for three or four weeks, and then we brought them back in. But this time, it's been a sort of a three or four day apart. The government's been saying, oh, a little bit longer, a little bit longer. And it's just played havoc around here. So we've had to just keep on um, working these dogs and in, in, in case the races come back on at um, Hutchwood. Uh, Wednesday is the day that we might possibly be back racing.
2: And so Brendan, what sort of an impact has it had on the dogs? Obviously, you've had to work all of the dogs and you haven't had dogs to be able to take off uh, to the races as you normally would, and so you've, you've been, as you say, as busy as ever. The dogs themselves, do they notice anything? Are they expecting to be loaded up into the trailer and, and to get off to the track? Oh,
4: it's been chaos, Mark. Absolute chaos. The noise has been unbelievable. I've got a neighbour about a kilometre and a half down the road and for 10 years, he didn't even know I had greyhounds on the property. And I bumped into him the other day, checking the mail, and he said, boy, oh boy, your dogs are noisy. I said, mate, tell me about it. I said, just go. they're just going stir crazy. And there's nothing we can do, Mark, unfortunately. Um, and it's not a good thing. Uh, we should be an essential service um, just under animal welfare. For these dogs, they, they know when they're racing and when they're in full work. They're, they're in race mode and... Um, they're
3: more than happy to go to the races and less happy to stay at home. Brendan, Andy McCook here. Uh, obviously, it's a, a, a unprecedented times that we're going through. Just for those that don't know how big your kennel is, how many dogs do you have in work and work and what is a busy day for you? How many are you having to work up the run to, uh, to keep them fit? Uh, Andy, just this morning I only just
4: walked in from uh, 6.30 start and this morning we worked 160 dogs up the straight tracks. That's uh, just over 300 metres. I've uh, got 11 staff that come in this morning to help me, plus my daughter, uh, plus my two children, or three children, my three boys will help me. So we had basically 15 of us out there um, working those dogs this morning. And uh, because we we run a, we break all our own dogs in and breed all our own dogs and things like that, and we're pre training our own dogs and stuff like that. We're, we're having to do them every second day as well. So we do the the race dogs and the dogs that were getting close to racing one day and all the young dogs um, that we were breaking in and things like that uh, on the other day.
3: Obviously, uh, Brendan. Last season, another a beauty for you. Eight hundred and fifty-four winners uh, for the team. Amongst those, are a couple of greyhounds who are in line for potential greyhound of the year or greyhound of the year contenders. Just on those, uh, Federal Morgan. Obviously, things going wrong for him in the amazing chase when he uh, he looked all but home to to win that. Where's he? Uh, where's he at the moment? Yes, Andy. That was uh, absolutely
4: devastating. He was so far in front of the time standard that that was just a, a win in the bag, in my opinion. Um, and, uh, he, right now he's with Hayley Mullane. Um, she took him straight after um, and had him down to Steve McGill within about 48 hours. Um, Steve operated on him. Uh, by all accounts, he's done a fantastic job. Um, we know how highly recommend, recommended he is. and. Uh, He's gone back and he's had a few screws out and things like that in his hock. Um, and we were hoping to get him back, uh, to, to my kennels, um, a few weeks back, but then obviously COVID hit. So at the present time he's with Hayley and he's possibly going to be up there, depending on Auckland, maybe for another couple of months, but, uh, he's in very good hands up there. She, she looks after the dogs very well and, um, Bit a bit educational with me, so she, she knows what I expect and,
3: and the level that i want the dog to be, uh, come back to us in. A great, and we only saw here in uh, New Zealand on 19 occasions, but uh, 14 times he went home a winner, Brendan, and uh, he was a, a dual group one winner as well as uh, nailing some other features as well. Where does he stand in terms of uh, some of the, the good dogs you've been able to train in the past? Where does he stand on, the stand on the
4: list? I hate comparing dogs, Andy, but he was very fast very very fast and the guys that trained him in australia had done a fantastic job um scott eaton's parents did his early education and and um then he went up to queensland and and he, he was with a uh, chap up there um and he did a fantastic job and and uh he just went off the wall a little bit up, up there and they decided to send him to new zealand and we, we we got him going going again and um he um oh gee he was fast he was real fast mate like um look he didn't have the same pressure on him in new zealand as he did in australia but he was in the brisbane cup final and any dog that makes group one finals and yeah, i think he ran fourth in the final any dog that one that makes group race finals in australia has got a big motor and he had a he had a serious motor but comparing him to other dogs i've had it's very hard i've been so fortunate um had some wonderful places over the years and uh yeah, he'd be, he's up there within the top half dozen good dogs we've had anyway, put it that way.
3: Obviously very uh, well-bred as well by the super-sire, Bar Shabal out of absolute Butte. So uh, if he doesn't make a comeback to the track, will we uh, get to see him stand at stud here in NZ?
4: He definitely won't be coming back racing, Andy. The break was way too severe. Um, there's just no chance of him ever racing again. Uh, and standing at stud, yeah, there's there's no dramas there. Um we thought we actually had them sold to ireland and um it's still on the cards but it's not quite what we were after um but we were going to draw straws as part of the um deal there um look in new zealand people just don't tend to use the dogs too often so he would almost be a little bit wasted here so we were we were trying to put him somewhere where we thought we could really get some litters on the ground by him and and give him a chance to show something um and we thought Ireland was the place. Um, massive breeding over there. Australia's just got way too many fox dogs. And, and as I say, we, we didn't really have too many other choices. So a little bit up in the air at the moment. I'd love I'd love the breeding just to take off bigger in New Zealand, but um, it just doesn't seem to. So um, it's probably going to be a little bit like Big Time Patty and really only get utilised by myself. Um, and maybe just one or two others,
3: unfortunately. Another greyhound you've got in your kennels who's uh, in line for greyhound of the year, Trojan Horse. who, uh, what can we say about him, Brendan? He's just been an absolute superstar over a very long period of time and last season winning 24 from 47. Again, two group ones to his name as well. Gee, he's just turned out to be a dead-set little money spinner. <laughs> oh, he's a freak, mate.
4: He's an absolute freak. You know, like... Um, you know, like like he won his group races over 500 metres, and as he got a bit older, we switched him back to the short course, and it made no difference, mate. He just comes out under the lid and blows him away, but his legs are getting tired now. He's been uh, in line for this Greyhound of the Year three years in a row, I believe. So um, I'm not saying it's his turn, but uh, he's definitely uh, he's definitely up here with one of the fastest uh, 300 metre dogs and overall champion dogs that we've had. You know, he's, 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 he's just a beautiful dog. And he's very, very well bred. He'll be another one that will go to stud. Yeah, multiple group winner, Um, early, early speed to birds, and so reliable and just so fierce on the chase, and very, very sound.
3: Rosso, a couple of dogs that you had the pleasure of calling home there, Trojan Horse and uh, Federal Morgan, both dead set stars in their own right, and both uh, both are the running for greyhound of the year this year.
2: Yes, and uh, Andy. It's contrast, isn't it, that we have Federal Morgan unfortunately gracing our tracks for such a short time and then a dog like Trojan Horse, we know how fickle greyhound racing can be, how quickly things can change and to have him uh, at the peak of his powers across three racing seasons is quite extraordinary. Brendan, at what stage do you look at a dog like uh, Trojan Horse, and you know that he's not quite as quick as he used to be, but yet he's still competitive at the top level over the short courses, at what stage do you say, okay, how do we finish his career in the manner that you want him to finish his career? Or is it a case of, like Roger Federer, if you're good enough to play at that Grand Slam level, carry on doing it? Yeah, it's been on my mind for the last two
4: or three months he's definitely lost a yard, and it happened almost overnight. Uh, he was just flying and he's not injured or nothing like that. He just doesn't have the early dash. Look, I was retiring him at the end of the season and then I've seen a couple of premier meetings at Wanganui with $15,000 sprint races and I thought, this dog has still got it in and to pull off those sprint races. So I was only going to keep him going for those couple of races, but with COVID hitting and he's been pulled, you know, they've been all moved back and we've still been keeping him at work and that, but, yeah, he, he's... He's right on the end of retirement now, but you know, um, he'll be another one that will be available at stud. But um, you know, with these such these good dogs, what what do you do with them after this? You know, like he'll go to stud, obviously, and he's probably not going to get too many bitches in New Zealand, and and that's a real shame because of how good he is. But um, he loves to race, so he's still going around at the moment. You know, he's, he's still beating a lot of young dogs, but he is. Right at the end of it now, and um, um, just a few more races made, and
2: he, he will retire for sure. Quarter of a million dollars in stakes, and uh, quite a remarkable effort to be once again in contention for the ultimate honours for uh, the Greyhound of the Year in New Zealand that's Trojan Horse. Um, Brendan, little mother won uh, the most stakes ever of a Greyhound in New Zealand. You, Uh, trained her, $377,000. Federal Morgan remarkably broke her track record uh, at Manawatu during that last season. Having had dogs like that, having won uh, the races that you'd want to win here in New Zealand, some of them uh, on multiple occasions, what is left driving you here? Is it the 1,000 win mark? You got to 925 wins in a season in 2019-20. And... Had we not had interruptions to that racing season, the 1,000 would have come. Is it that 1,000 win in a season, Mark, driving you? Or is there something even further afield than New Zealand that gets you up at 6.30 and working those 160 dogs per morning?
4: Yeah, it's a good question. Had I got the 1,000 winners, I declared to my family I was going to retire. That was it. So, I don't think I'm meant to be retired. COVID kicked in and stopped me, but I I promised them. I, I absolutely promised them because my wife says I'm just an absolute workaholic and uh, she wants me to slow down. But you've got to be, if you want to be a good dog trainer, you've got to have a big work ethic. Because um, you only get out what you put in. And that was installed into me very, very young by Neville and Pauline Robson. Um, now what drives me? I've got to have to go to Australia, mate. It's been on my mind for so long. Um, got good friends over there and at some point I'm going to have to go to Australia and test myself i've had offers from some really good owners in australia with large numbers of dogs that to, to, to help set me up and give me dogs city class dogs and get me going but at some point i believe i'm going to have to go to australia because um the economics of it uh the money's just so good in australia and 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 it would actually slow me down a little bit because there's, there's professional rarers over there professional breaker inners. in um, pre-trainers, whereas over here I'm doing a whole lot by myself. And it's it's really hard work, really hard work. Um, I want to breed um, dogs that can be competitive in group races in Australia. I know it might seem a pipe dream to some, but if you haven't got a dream, what's the point in getting up in the morning? And this is my dream. And look, we'll achieve it. Um, we had a crack with big time paddy he wasn't quite good enough but we'll find dogs i know we'll find dogs and it's just a matter of breeding the dogs using the best semen using the best bitches we've got available and then from their daughters breeding from the best bitches again um i'm tapping into american breed bitches now as well i've got ones that are here i've got frozen semen from america um i've been very fortunate to make some good contacts and um, I know it can happen. Uh, It's just a matter of time.
2: Brendan, uh, thanks for your time this morning. Sorry for jumping in there, Brendan. Hey, thanks for your time this morning. Do appreciate it off the back of uh, uh, another big morning's work and all going well. Just hope you can get those trailers rolling out the gates there on Wednesday and get back to training some winners at Hatrick Raceway there in Whanganui. Yep, no
4: problem, Mark. Thanks for having us. Appreciate your time, and... And, uh, hello to all my friends in Australia racing greyhounds. Good morning to you.
1: Fantastic work, Brendan Cole joining us there and it's great to get an insight as to the effect of lockdown on his trading operation and I guess his ambitions potentially coming to Australia as well which was very interesting to hear. We'll take a break on Kiwi Chasing. On the other side Michael will joining us the Racing Operations and Welfare Manager for Greyhound Racing New Zealand. We do this of course for New Zealand Greyhounds first for form Damien Watson, Mark Rosadowski, and Andy McCook with you on this Sunday morning. Live around Australia on SEN Track. You're listening to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds. First for form. Welcome back. Hope you're enjoying Kiwi Chasing on SEN Track. David Watson, Mark Rosadoski and Andy McCook with you, and we do this, of course, for New Zealand Greyhounds. First for form. But Rosa, there's obviously a lot of uncertainty throughout the industry, and we might get a little bit of clarity going forward from our next guest.
2: Yes, indeed we can. Damien, another chance to have a quick check in with Michael Dorr, the Racing Operations and Welfare Manager at Greyhound Racing New Zealand. We had Michael on last week trying to look into the crystal ball for the future. It's very difficult uh, for us at the moment, and particularly someone uh, in Michael's position. However, uh, Michael, as we welcome you in this morning, at this stage, the intention is that outside of Auckland and Northland, the rest of New Zealand to drop to Alert Level 3, effectively midnight uh, Wednesday, which means under those conditions, Alert Level 3, we can race, and there are fields drawn for Wanganui and Christchurch on Wednesday. How much catch-up can we expect in terms of meetings and racing from then on?
5: Yeah. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, uh, it's we're, we're, with us racing pretty, uh, six days a week. Anyway, there's not that many slots to, to catch up. The, the, the Wednesday slot, was, we're pleased that the TAB could make it available Makes for a fairly tight timetable but uh, we rolled over the first 12 races from addington tuesday to, to run them on wednesday uh yeah, i felt pretty sorry for the cd in the south island who've had no cases and i just reflect back you know hundreds of years ago we had quarantine islands and quarantine ships maybe we were better at doing these things then than, than we are now uh, History doesn't seem to be uh, it, it teach, We don't seem to learn much from history. If people, if people are walking past MIQ and getting sick, it's it's, uh, it's not flash. But yeah, we're um, back up and racing on Wednesday under alert level three conditions. Uh, of course, we did this we did this last year in uh, in April. I think we're the only code that she did run on, under, under level three. A uh, big change between Level 3 last year and this year is masks are now in vogue, so everybody must be wearing a face mask there. and uh, one bonus of the face mask should allow us, to, we will be um, loading the dogs in two rows of four with, with people wearing face masks, keeping one metre spacing. <laughs>
3: Michael Andy McCook here. Uh, Just around that meeting on Wednesday that's been transferred from the Tuesday for Christchurch, was there any thought to redrawing that meeting as opposed to to transferring the Tuesday meeting forward, which is essentially a meeting of the the leftover C1s, if you will, from from dogs that missed out on Monday?
5: uh, Well, I just put it to, to Christchurch as to what they want to do, and I think we've already transferred bizarrely I think it's the third time this year we've gone to transfer a Tuesday meeting to the Wednesday. So that it happened. Um, to, there was only room for 12 races in the timetable. So uh, eight 12s and 96s, there are going to be 96 dogs going around um, in 96 happy sets of connections, which, which whichever way we slice and dice the 12s. So, rather than it was really just saving one meeting's heartache, you know, there's been a number of meetings we've scheduled and had to knock them on the head. You know, you've seen your box draw, you've drawn one, you've drawn eight or drawn whatever, and knocking it on the head rather than knocking another one on the head. Kaisers uh, are pretty good at running a, a day of C1s and then we'll have a high grade, we'll get 15 races in on Thursday. It does look like so the timetable only allow 12 on Friday, but uh, that'll be the, the O's and 2's will get their goal on Friday and then back into a full schedule of four um, four meetings in the week next week.
3: Obviously we have some uh, some feature meetings being uh, heavily affected as well uh, due to this uh, COVID lockdown. Uh, Michael, can you tell us uh, where races like the Wanganui Cup and the Amazing Chase are, are heading to?
5: Yeah, it's a, just a, a quirk of the the amazing chase moving between um, regions. It was down for the uh, 8th of October at Punta Nui. Um, well, with, with with the build up to it, with with a month's worth of uh, solo trials and and track times, particularly at Monaco, uh, that wasn't that wasn't going to work. So the, the amazing chase was gone. Covid Covid had. Uh, had put the fork in it um, because that premier day was sitting there on the 8th of October and the One and Cup, in order for other regions to travel, it certainly wasn't going to be happening in early September. So, well, we discussed with the uh, with, with, with the club and the board and said, well, what, let's just let's transfer the September premier to the October date. Um, and One do have the only Group One race, the Futurity, that's. Uh, not at a premier meeting on June the 24th, so we've parked the, the, the amazing chase there. And uh, it, it should be an easy date to remember because it's going to be the first ever Matariki holiday in New Zealand, Friday the 24th of June 2022, now with, with two feature races on the programme.
3: It's good to know. Also, well, obviously, we had a feature meeting coming up at Invercargill as well with the running of the Invercargill Cup. Now, obviously, it uh, looks like they're still going to be racing on Thursday with one of their mini meetings, but the Invercargill Cup, has it been transferred as well?
5: Uh, I haven't spoken uh, to, to Bob in, in regard to what she wants. So they've got a big, well, they to have their big 30th anniversary day on Sunday, the 12th of September. Uh, if. Uh, if travel's okay around the south island by then i guess it's possible at this stage to run that as a straight final but i'll talk i'll talk to the club in regard to that yeah under, under level three uh last year the government guidance was you could travel for business or tra- travel for work between adjacent regions so otago and southland could travel to cargo but not canterbury so yeah, that's a mini meeting thursday morning for the for the Otago and Southland dogs, as we as, as we had a crack at last year, uh, but yeah, the, in- the Cargo Cup, it's uh, September the 12th. It seems so far into the future. <laughs> I can't predict what uh, what will be happening there. So, but I'll I'll, I'll I'll talk with the club and we we'll, we'll get some information out in regard to that um, as soon as we can.
3: So, Rosso, certainly some funny times we're living in at the moment, but good to know that uh, those features are going to go ahead, albeit uh, a little bit in the future for the Amazing Chase. The
2: Amazing Chase. Yeah, indeed, and it probably opens up uh, another discussion in and around the Amazing Chase, but we can have that at some other uh, some other stage. Michael Dole, we do appreciate you uh, coming on board and keeping us up to date and hope that the, uh, the week uh, unfolds smoothly this time around.
5: Uh, yes, please. Yes, thanks. <laughs>
2: Michael Dorr there, the uh, racing operations uh, and welfare manager at Greyhound Racing New Zealand. There are some jobs at the moment, many jobs actually, uh, Damien, that would be quite difficult to do because you know that as you're doing a lot of the work, you're probably going to be figuratively screwing up the paper and throwing it in the waste paper bin, but you've got to be prepared nonetheless. Anyway, all going well racing on Wednesday, 15 races out of Hattrick Raceway, Wanganui that I'll call from 11.35 New Zealand time, so 9.35 Eastern Standard Time there across in Australia, and that uh, meeting transferred from Tuesday to the Wednesday with 12 races starting 2.22 at Christchurch. And Damien, because there is actually going to be some racing from Wednesday, the way things sit at the moment, and, you and know, I might just try and throw out a couple of winners in a few minutes' time.
1: And that won't hurt. No question about that. Hopefully we don't get disappointed come the middle of the week. We'll see what happens, fingers crossed. We'll head to the news and we'll be back with War on Kiwi Chasing right after this. All thanks to New Zealand Greyhounds, first for form. You're listening to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds, first for form. Welcome back. You are listening to Kiwi Chasing on SCN Track. Toby Watson, Mark Rosanowski, and Andy McCook with you. And, fellas, we do this, of course, for New Zealand Greyhounds first for four. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we have racing resuming midweek. And it's always a very refreshing form of audio when we hear your predictions because that means racing could potentially be on the horizon. I understand you have a couple for us to follow potentially come midweek.
2: Yeah, look, uh, let's, uh, let's hope so, uh, Damien. Um, Fifteen races to call out of uh, Hattrick Raceway, uh, Wanganui, from 11.35 New Zealand time on Wednesday, and uh, I'll be calling those. Um, in race two, dog number five, dog called Mr Fahrenheit, uh, I think's well worth a bet. Now, he's trained by uh, Carol Morris. This greyhound's had a handful of starts, just the one minor placing so far, but he's actually been in some very strong middle-distance fields. Now. This greyhound actually qualified nicely, over 305 metres, the short course at Hetrick back at the end of May in a 1789, which is a tidy time there uh, for a greyhound qualifying. But so far, his starts have been over the middle distances and, as I say, in some strong fields. And his efforts have been pretty good. He does run out a little bit. Uh, but he has shown some good speed. Now, recently, Carroll re-qualified him wearing an outside blinker and in a trial he clocked 17 and 71. Now, he's drawn up in box five, of course, an eight-dog field as opposed to a four-dog trial. But on that time, he's probably going to win that race. So, all going well, he jumps well and does a good job. Race two, number five at Whanganui on Wednesday, Mr Fahrenheit. And I have to mention race eight number two, a dog called Be Lucky Banjo, who was actually mentioned on Kiwi Chasing Show last week by our co-trainer, Gary Fredrickson. Now, Be Lucky Banjo won a trial back in June in a 1764. Very nice time. This is a greyhound race by uh, Melbourne owner Vaughan Clark. He's a Kiwi, of course, but he's been in Melbourne for many years now. And he's raced many dogs uh, successfully here in New Zealand. And uh, some excellent results with the Gary and Sandra Fredrickson team over the past few seasons. We talked last week about a dog called Blinken Lily, who's two from two in New Zealand with two outstanding times. Be Lucky Banjo Comfort beat and Lily in that trial. Race 8, number 2, Be Lucky Banjo, there on Wednesday at the Wanganui Greyhound Racing Club at Hetrick. You'd expect the dog to be pretty short, but actually it's a it's a field with a bit of form. There's a, a dog of Brendan Coles in there, the Lisa Cole team uh, there, called uh, Allegro Z. It's actually won uh, six of its last seven. However, I'm pretty confident that Be Lucky Banjo will make a winning debut in New Zealand come Wednesday. And after the 15 are done, or well, part way through, actually, Andy. Uh, that 12 race card will be kicking off at Addington. Have you got anything there from the uh, flying Janine McCook kennel for us to follow?
3: Well, we're just hoping that this uh, lockdown break hasn't uh, dampened the flames because certainly we're going good uh, prior to the uh, the lockdown. Uh, we've only got three or four going around on Tuesday, but I think we've got a couple of big chances there. Coffee Biscuit goes around in race two. She's uh, the winner of two from three so far. Aussie owned, uh, of course, by the Punter's HQ team there. She was able to lead all the way at her last start in a seventeen thirty-four and win. If she can repeat that, she should be going home a winner in the second. And, and race number five we race over 520 meters and the, the little break not really ideal for her but epic eddie's a greyhound i've got a lot of time for she's very very fast she's been able to foot it with some handy dogs and beaten narrow margins uh, over the 520 meters uh, by some dogs that have gone on to do some good things so expecting her to lead early rozzo put a gap in them to the back mark and uh, hopefully she can hold on and win the fifth
2: Noted Andy, Coffee Biscuit there, race two, at uh, the Christchurch Greyhound Racing Club's meeting at Addington on Wednesday, and Epic Addy in race number five. There we have it, Damien. Nice to be actually looking through some fields, doing a bit of form, and looking forward to us kicking off
1: again midweek. Yeah, fingers crossed, absolutely. And on the other side of this break, we're going to catch up with Sam Lozell, the trainer of New Zealand's best stayer, Shaney, a finalist for the New Zealand Greyhound of the Year. You're listening to Kiwi Chasing on SEN Track across Australia and New Zealand. You can follow us on the app as well. All thanks to New Zealand Greyhounds, first for form. Back with more in just a moment. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds, first for form. Welcome back. Hope you're enjoying the program on this Sunday morning. Another edition of Kiwi Chasing. David Watson joined, of course, by Mark Rosanowski and Andy McCook. We do this, of course, for New Zealand Greyhounds first for form. And, Rosa, I'll tell you what, it's fair to say that Shaney has impressed the finalist for New Zealand Greyhound of the Year, and it's going to be intriguing, I guess, to see what's to come as well.
2: Yeah, look, indeed, uh, earlier today we had a chat with uh, Brendan Cole from the Lisa Cole team that supplied two of the four finalists for the New Zealand Greyhound of the Year for the 2020-21 season, Federal Morgan and Trojan Horse from the Cole team. Uh, but Shaney is the Stayer of the Year, the distance dog of the year for greyhounds racing 600 metres and beyond. Andy McCook, when we chatted last week on Kiwi Chasing, I think we both agreed that our low light of the season that we've sort of got under review at the moment was Shaney falling in a heat of the Duke of Edinburgh's silver collar because she'd been so dominant and she'd been such a good stayer uh, to to watch but I guess if you and I were feeling the pinch then our next guest must have really found that about as low as you can go in greyhound racing apart from losing a dog
3: yeah i'd have to agree with that a dollar 30 favorite she was uh, to win the heat and she was sub two dollars to win the final so looked uh, looked her race uh, to lose on paper as uh, we welcome in sam lazelle sam firstly a very good morning to you and uh, as Rosso said we don't want to bring up too many bad memories but uh, gee whiz that must have been a-, a shocking feeling seeing your star fall into the first corner in that silver collar heat
0: g'day guys yeah that was bloody terrible um it was a hard trip home, on, that one, long, long trip home. Um, I had a couple, a couple of tears there.
3: Yeah, I bet it would have been uh, very tough to take. Uh, Shaney, we haven't seen her since the 8th of July when she was victorious at Cambridge. Where she been at uh, over the last month or so, Sam? Uh,
0: she's been in season, so she's just having a couple of months off, and she'll be back in work once this, um, this lockdown's
3: over, back into work
0: you got a plan
3: on uh, where you're heading with her when you, you get her back into work, if this lockdown uh, does cut down and we can, we can get back to normality?
0: Yeah, she'll probably head to Whanganui for the stairs race down there and she likes that track. That's um, probably her favourite track, I think. So that's where
3: she'll be headed. Uh, there was a little bit of talk uh, a wee while ago about a, a potential Australian campaign for her. Is uh, there still a chance you, you might head over the Tasman with her at some point and take on the Aussies?
0: Uh, there was for a bit but i think she's getting a bit older now and, and there's a couple of nicer dogs over in australia now so she'll probably just stay here
3: yeah fair call fair call uh, we seen you bring out a, a new dog uh, a couple of weeks ago at cambridge by the name of Brickman. Uh, what are your what are your thoughts around him yeah
0: he's a, he's a really nice strong dog um, his run home times are as good as what Shaney's is in a solo troll so looking forward to stepping him up over ground
3: what's the the plan with him? is he uh, looking to race at some stage this coming week
0: uh yeah hopefully i was going to um try and get him um up to class one over distance cause he's only co and then take him to wanganui as well so
3: was he purchased with a, a plan to, to get him over the 700, here, over here? 700 yeah
0: over here yeah, he was. I, I um, noticed that he was a really strong dog over there, finishing off his races really well. And, and I like my stance, so that's it, it, what excited me about the dogs. So, yeah.
3: Rosso Sam Mazzella, a man with a, a pedigree to make a greyhound trainer, and we know he certainly knows how to put the polish on a, a dog, including uh, multiple Group 1 winners, uh, including Hazel Shine, a dog you were able to call home.
2: Yeah, indeed, Andy. Uh, yes, uh, look, for uh, Australian listeners, uh, Sam Lazell is the grandson of, uh, of Max Matthews. Now, when I got heavily involved in greyhound racing, um, Max was a trainer in the North Island and I was based down in the south. I used to love it when Max would bring uh, his uh, top-line greyhounds... Um, Miss Cutie, Cutie's sister, down to uh, take us on down there in uh, Canterbury. And it wasn't an easy thing to do, but Max was able to do it. With those two dogs in particular, the late Max Matthews we talk of. But um, the tradition has carried on through the family, and, uh, and Sam uh, has, uh, has done the family proud. With Hazel Shine, uh, Sam, I don't think I'll ever forget that night. Uh, 2019 Speon Rose at Group 1 level, Patrick Raceway in Wanganui. Your greyhound Hazel Shine was off the ballot. The first up run in New Zealand had been in the heat, come off the ballot, second start in New Zealand, and it happened to be a winning effort at Group 1 level. How well do you remember that night?
0: I remember it really well,
2: it was a good night. (laughs) After some of the things that happened that night, I'm surprised you remember anything, But. Was it an emotional experience for you winning a Group 1 race because of the tradition of your family in Greyhound racing?
0: Yeah, it was. Like, um, ever since I was a little kid, all I wanted to do was train Group 1 winners, Group 2 winners, and, two and then that night when that when, when that dog won, it was pretty emotional.
2: The following year, you managed to get him to run third in the Speon Rose again, and he was good enough to run second uh, in the Galaxy looking back on his uh, career in new zealand I, I don't know i think it's he's an easy one to dismiss I, I just forgot how well you did with him and i know you didn't always have the easiest time with him injury-wise
0: yeah he spent about four or five months in this kennel lane um, he had a pretty bad injury and um, i didn't think we'd ever get him back but um, we got him back and, and he he run the second in, in the galaxy as well as the third in the Spound Road roads so just shows
2: what type of dog he is. Dog he is. Indeed. That second, the Galaxy, was behind Trojan Horse, a greyhound who's in contention again for uh, New Zealand Greyhound of the Year for the current season, uh, and was the uh, the short course sprinter of the year. I see, um, Sam, that the racing canine syndicate that raced Hazel Shine have uh, got uh, Brickman, so uh, clearly uh, they are uh, people who are uh, bringing some decent dogs into your kennels.
0: Yeah, it's actually family, so that's my mum and her partner Mike Rhodes in um, that syndicate, as well as my papa was in the syndicate with Shooters Hill, when the dog that went chicken in the silver collar. Um, yeah, so that's just basically a, a family thing.
2: And... Sam, I've um, also been uh, following the uh, efforts of the greyhounds out of a uh, just-as-gentle litter that, that you have. Dogs like Bobo and Just As Much and uh, Hot Little Nancy that have got up in the grades over the short-course uh, sprint trips. Now, are we likely to see them uh, this week? There's going to be a meeting set down, I see, for uh, for Cambridge on Thursday.
0: Yeah, they'll be in there, Bobo and Just As Much. Um, hot Little Nancy is more of an Auckland dog, so she believes. please be sitting in the kennel for a bit longer
2: and wait till we can get up to Auckland. Yeah. Are they greyhounds that we can follow, do you think, over, over the next week with meetings probably at Cambridge uh, Thursday and, uh, and Sunday?
0: Yeah, well, I my personally think that they, they go uh, really good fresh, the dogs. Um, obviously, it's a bit hard when you're dressing Peter Ferguson's P- Pedro Lee, <laughs> he's an economical dog. But, um,
2: yeah. And just on uh, back to Shaney, um her record over a distance, 21 starts, 13 wins and five minor placings, $73,000. And of course you race her in conjunction with Arch Lawrence, who's been uh, a man who has prepared stayers, bred stayers over uh, an extraordinary length of time now. How were you able to uh, to hook into that little Tegan family and the, the way that it goes back with uh, a series of outstanding stayers over the last sort of fifteen years?
0: Well, uh, Carolyn Henley actually had her first, and um, she was getting into the gap um, thing with the rehoming of the dogs, um, and she offered it to me. And of course, knowing a family, and my papa raised the family twenty-five years ago, I couldn't say no
2: indeed that family connection coming to the fore again is she different to other dogs that you have trained sam in any respects
0: she, uh, she was at the start um she was real timid giant, giant yeah just just the shyness about her is, is, is the only different thing
2: and sam We've talked about uh, the lockdown situation with uh, kennels the size of uh, you know, Janine and Andy McCorkson. And obviously, earlier we spoke with Brendan Cole, and you're familiar with how large the operation is there. For you, with sort of six or seven dogs, uh, with a young family, how is uh, the lockdown situation affecting you guys?
0: Yeah, we're going good. Um, my partner, Georgie, an essential worker, so she's still going to work every day. Well, five or six days a week. Um, and I'm just cruising around at home doing
2: a few things, and yeah, we're good. Man, you're good at cruising around, I reckon, Sam. Hey, look, really look forward to seeing your uh, greyhounds back on the track later this week, and then beyond that, we'd love to see uh, Shaney back uh, on track as well. I look forward to calling her, uh, hopefully, uh, in those stayers hits at uh, at Waingarnewi uh, when that uh, premier meeting gets off the ground. Thanks for your time. Thank you
0: very much,
2: guys. Thank you very much, sir. It's uh, Sam Lazell, and. Um, Look, uh, frankly, uh, Andy McCook, at my stage of life, anyone below 50 is young, but um, but Sam is a young trainer, and we've got uh, a good number of young trainers uh, around the country. So for as gloomy as we can sometimes get in the sport, particularly at times, real challenging times like this, we do have uh, good hope for the future with some of the uh, young trainers that we have uh, throughout the country, and I just hope that they can all get through this time.
3: We're in a half-decent spot at the moment, aren't we, Rosso? It's probably uh, one of the better spots we've been in in terms of younger trainers in New Zealand. and uh, One or two of them just know how to put the polish on a dog as well, including Sam. He's already been able to win group ones, and, yeah, you've got to have the dog power to do it, but, gee was he's, he's got the, the knowledge behind it to get the job done as well.
2: Okay, Andy, we'll be back next week with another edition of Kiwi Chasing and hopefully by then we'll be in the middle of a week of racing outside of Auckland to to all our friends in Auckland there with Greyhounds. Look, hang in there. There is support available. We'll talk more about that in the coming weeks. Damien, that's us. Our net goes on the line with racing coming up on Wednesday. Hopefully we've tipped out a winner. We shall see in seven days' time.
1: Absolutely. We look forward to that, hopefully in us. That's another edition of Kiwi Chasing wrapped up. Tune in same time next week for all of your latest Greyhound Racing news from New Zealand.